Welcome, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 26 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today addresses the Wells Fargo Governance and Compliance Disaster. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, a podcast focused on the legal and compliance industry. In today's episode, I'm going to review the Wells Fargo Governance and Compliance Disaster and the unprecedented actions recently taken by the Federal Reserve. On Friday, February 2nd, 2018, the Federal Reserve took an extraordinary action when then-chairwoman Yellen, uh, on her last day, publicly announced an enforcement action against Wells Fargo for its corporate governance failures and poor record of remediation. Specifically, the Federal Reserve and Wells Fargo entered into a consent order reflecting the Reserve's dissatisfaction with Wells Fargo's Board of Directors' performance, its risk management practice, and its compliance program. In particular, the Federal Reserve noted the prior consent orders that were issued by the Office of the Controller of the Currency and the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which focused on Wells Fargo's community bank sales practices and risk management. Also, it noted that in recent months, Wells Fargo had charged hundreds of thousands of borrowers for unneeded guaranteed auto protection or collateral protection insurance. The Federal Reserve specifically identified deficiencies in Wells Fargo's risk management and compliance programs, which Wells Fargo had yet to correct. As a result, the consent order lays out a comprehensive plan that requires Wells Fargo to address its board of directors and governance deficiencies, problems with its risk management operations, and its compliance program. The most important and extraordinary part of the Federal Reserve's action was that it restricted Wells Fargo's ability to grow its business until the remedial actions are completed. This is an unprecedented action for any regulatory agency to stop any business and intervene from the business's ability to grow and expand and make profits. Specifically, Wells Fargo cannot take any action that would cause the average of its total consolidated assets to increase over the same quarter's total consolidated assets for the year 2017. The restrictions remain in place until Wells Fargo submits a written plans to improve the board's effectiveness and its overall risk management. The Federal Reserve approves the written plans. The bank adopts and implements the plans and programs and conducts an initial risk management review, which is then completed to the Federal Reserve's satisfaction. This could take up to a year at a minimum before Wells Fargo could begin to operate and increase the size of its assets. The Federal Reserve consent order requires Wells Fargo in 60 days to submit three separate written plans. The first is to improve its board of directors' effectiveness. The second is to improve its firm-wide compliance and operational risk management program. And the third requires Wells Fargo to conduct and complete by September 30, 2018, an independent review of its board improvements in effective oversight and governance and enhancements to its compliance and operational risk management program. Following the integration of the improvements required by the order, the bank is required then to conduct a second independent review to assess the efficacy and sustainability of the improvements. 
And then the Federal Reserve also has to approve the third-party expert required to conduct the review. For other major banks that are under regulatory supervision, particularly, obviously, in the financial industry, the Wells Fargo action is a major development and an indication that the government will intervene when necessary to ensure proper governance and compliance actions are taken, that remediation is enacted quickly and effectively in the aftermath of a scandal. It's worthwhile to take a step back and remember for a second, how did Wells Fargo end up in this fine mess? Remember that years ago, Wells Fargo had a sales incentive program where local managers and bank officers were required to meet stringent sales targets built on the assumption of eight accounts, checking, credit cards, CDs, for each customer. As a result, Wells Fargo personnel created nearly two million Yes, 2 million fake accounts to meet these ridiculous sales targets and incentives. After much hand-wringing and delays, Wells Fargo's board launched a major internal investigation of the incident, including serious issues raised about its handling of whistleblowers, several of whom were fired after raising concerns about the program. To be sure, Wells Fargo has some real difficult questions to answer, starting with the board itself for its wholesale lack of supervision over senior management and failure to review this sales incentive program and identify the potential risks from it. The former CEO, Mr. Stumpf, who, was deni- who denied knowing about the problems with the sales program, has to answer for internal documents which show he was notified about the problem but failed to act. And it is not clear whether the former CEO read the internal documents, but there are real issues surrounding his knowledge and failure to act. Most importantly, though, the former CEO has to answer for something he definitely did do. He allowed Kerry Tolstad, the senior executive responsible for overseeing the sales incentive program, to retire and collect a measly bonus of $124 million dollars. The former CEO has never answered for allowing this to occur after the scandal broke. Uh, The question is whether, really, even today, Wells Fargo is ready to take the following steps that may require significant changes, including at the board level. Even with the commitment of a new senior leadership team, Wells Fargo's cultural damage has occurred at every level of its operations, from branches to mid-level managers and even to the C-suite. Acknowledging a problem is one step, but committing to wholesale change, as we all know, is another. The independent directors in April 2017 issued a scathing investigation report about the Wells Fargo scandal. Based on its findings, then, Wells Fargo's independent board took steps to claw back an additional $75 million from the former CEO and from Kerry Tolstead. The directors found that the root causes of the sales practice failures was the decentralized management structure coupled with an aggressive sales program directed and controlled by senior management in the community banking operation. As a result, employees sold unwanted and even unauthorized accounts to customers to meet uh, the management sales targets. The report lays blame in Wells Fargo's decentralized management structure, but a closer read shows how senior corporate executives, including Kerry uh, Tolstead, were able to resist oversight and accountability, while the CEO and the board failed to exercise proper oversight to uncover and even prevent the disturbing sales practices. There was the termination of numerous employees for failures to meet stringent standards and the failure and 
the termination of whistleblowers who raised problems about the misconduct that was occurring. In the end, the report calls out the CEO for blindly relying on Kerry Tolstat and avoiding meaningful oversight and review of relevant information. Tolstat is described, along with her executive colleagues, as a leader who resisted inquiries, circumvented management oversight and questioning of her authority, and she deliberately misled the board by understating problems that were resulting from the sales incentive program. The independent director's report also casts, and perhaps this is really more the basis for the proactive uh, look by the Federal Reserve, but cast fair criticism on the risk management committee of the board uh, and the sort of immature oversight of risk within the bank and failures to delve into the information about the number of terminated employees, which was coming up uh, in response to the sales uh, incentive program. The risk committee failed to ask even basic information. Uh, it never even knew that there had been over 5,000 employees terminated uh, for failure to meet the sales incentive requirements, and uh, this was a major red flag that the risk committee was not even aware of. The Federal Reserve's action now puts into place a remediation program that reads like many others with basic requirements that the ethics and compliance community is well familiar with and which are intended to bring appropriate controls and oversight into place. The, uh, you'll recognize all of the elements of this because it reads like it's an FCPA enforcement action with uh, remediation requirements. The one piece, though, that's missing is something that may be the hardest, in my view, which is how do you create a culture of ethics and compliance in the aftermath of this? Nonetheless, the Federal Reserve's written plans provide a basic outline for Wells Fargo to improve its board governance and its risk management. For example, Wells Fargo has to design and implement a plan to enhance the board of directors' effectiveness to ensure that the bank's strategy and risk tolerance are aligned with the bank's risk management capacity. The board's composition, governance structure, and practices have to support its strategy and be aligned with its risk tolerance. And the board's roles and responsibilities are not unfilled for an undue period of time following departure of any board member. But in general, these are the requirements that the, uh, for the board to improve its overall uh, performance. They have to improve their oversight of senior management, including holding senior management account accountable for implementing and maintaining the bank's strategy in accordance with the board direction and the board's, the bank's risk tolerance and capacity and the management and control framework. They have to ensure senior management's ongoing effectiveness in managing the bank's activities and ensure that the senior management establishes and maintains an effective and independent firm-wide risk management function that covers all material risks and that the risk management process has the requisite stature, authority, and resources with clearly defined roles and responsibilities and provides for staffing Wells Fargo's risk management function with people with appropriate expertise and compliance and operational uh, risk management, that they maintain a management structure that may promotes effective oversight and control of compliance and operational risks, and that is independent of the related lines of business 
and has separate and independent reporting lines to the chief risk officer and to the board or an appropriate committee of the board. That reads like basic requirements that we know in the ethics and compliance field. They're also required to come up with an effective risk tolerance program, an effective risk identification and escalation framework that identifies, aggregates, evaluates, and reports material risk issues, plans to address risks, and progress with respect to those plans. And obviously has to include a comprehensive and effective risk data governance and management framework. The board also has to address compensation and incentives that are consistent with risk management objectives and measurement standards, including consequences for violation of its policies, laws, and regulations, and adverse risk outcomes. There also has to be comprehensive reporting to the board to oversee management's execution of the risk management responsibility. The Federal Reserve's order also requires that the bank submit a written plan to improve its compliance and risk management process. So first, they have to improve their overall board governance and oversight functions. And the second important element is its compliance and risk management process. And those elements that have to be addressed include effective testing and validation measures for compliance and operational risk management so that the business lines compliance uh, programs are there to ensure compliance with laws, regulations, policies, and procedures, obviously including consumer compliance laws, and the testing and des of design and execution of operational and compliance risk controls. They also have to come up with specific ma measures management will take to integrate all applicable compliance and operational risk requirements into the business process and control designs and change management initiatives. And specific measures have to ensure the firm-wide operational uh, risk management program includes a well-controlled key risk indicator program, which is linked to the firm's identification and risk tolerance process, and a stress loss forecasting methodology to quantify banks' operational risks under stress. It's a pretty comprehensive program and set of requirements for Wells Fargo to turn around its board and its compliance and risk management process. It's something that's going to take a long time, I think at least a year, before Wells Fargo may get freed from the restrictions on their ability to grow. Again, the overall impact of this is extraordinary, and it sets a precedent for other boards, other banks, to make sure that their ethics and compliance programs and risk management processes are more mature and able to identify potential misconduct like occurred in the unfortunate situation of Wells Fargo. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At ethical companies, employees believe in the company, they feel vested, and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.bullcrofflaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our new podcast series. 
You can contact me at my email address, mvolkoff at Let us know how we can help you achieve 